simple research question. We're digging down deep on a simple research question. Does matching your site's appearance to the expectations and preconceptions of your customer prospects influence its effectiveness? I just want to give you some words extemporaneously that are not part of my notes that will help you as you're preparing for this, uh, for this actual uh, the learning that we're going to be doing together. We're going to get deeply into a case study right at the beginning, and then we're going to lay out for you an approach to reducing anxiety. But I think the most important content is going to come near the end of the call, and that's going to come as we actually break down step-by-step step a real case history involving the exact changes we made to a website in order to reduce customer anxiety and to improve results. We'll also be opening up the test protocol and taking a table or chart and helping you understand uh, what we did and what the results were. So let's begin, first of all, with more or less a preliminary case study. And in this study, we took a well-optimized product offer page from an online people search uh, product and altered its appearance to give it a more professional and, uh, and an official look and feel. I, I'd, almost, I'd almost have liked to have taken this entire clinic and have spent it focused on the concept of an official look or matching or testing the various looks of your site. I think we get stuck sometimes in improving our conversion because what we're doing is we're making what I would call category within improvements or internal to the category improvements. Now, you know, I am a philosopher by training, and so uh, I like this word category. It's a, big, it's a big part of how I think when I'm analyzing, and it's been my experience that in conversion, we will create a kind of page. It may be a long copy page. It may be uh, a long copy letter page or a short corporate looking page. But once we found that page and it seems to be working, you'll find that your team who's doing the test will try to improve that page or the type of page within that category. You need to jump categories. To get conversion rates that sometimes shock you in terms of improvements, you must get outside of small improvements within the category. Challenge the very category itself. So if you look at the next slide, I'm going to show you how we did that in this particular case. This is really about more than anxiety relief. Now, it's true the focus of this conference will be on anxiety relief within the context of conversion, but frankly, for many of you, what we're going to talk about in this first case study could have uh, an independent value in terms of the overall design of what we're doing here today and might really make a difference. Notice this page on the left. This is the original. It's the baseline. You may not find that. You may not find that center text appealing, but this was a very effective page that produced millions of dollars in revenue. And important to the whole thing is to note that while that black and green doesn't look very appealing, it was actually a sample of the reported data. Because of the way it was delivered, this page converted very well, and the research partner had, had great difficulty in finding any more improvements. Everything you could do was incremental and difficult, and I'll tell you, if you've taken our certification program in online testing, you'll find that the smaller the variance between your baseline and your control, the larger the sample you need, so everything slows down. So then we came along with an official-looking page. Now, notice this official-looking page on the right-hand side. It is what I would call a category shift. We moved completely in a, we moved in a completely new direction, changing the very category that this page might fall within in terms of its appeal. Whereas the left page looked more like a research-driven 
data-driven, database-style corporate offering, the, the page on the right-hand side looked official. And, uh, and because it looked official, it had a completely different appeal. Now, had this been, had this been in terms of the baseline, a page that was ready for lots of optimization, we might see a, a you know, a hundred percent increase or a seventy percent increase or more. But frankly, we knew that even a five percent increase would make a significant difference. And thus far, within category improvements, in other words, just trying to improve this database-looking page would not get any more gains. And it was so profitable as it was, the research partner was afraid to, to do anything different with it. We changed. We went to this official design, and we achieved more or less a modest gain. That modest gain was reflected in a 12.67% conversion increase, which was reflected in a $30,582 differential on a monthly level, which is reflected, and I'm doing this number roughly, but essentially it's a $360,000 check in someone's pocket. It's $360,000 because there's really no incremental improvement or cost in terms of the marketing budget. Off the same visit to the website, they would yield an extra $360,000 per year. Now, for some of you, that's a small number, but if you consider the ROI of the experiment, it's staggering. Because the cost of test was probably less than $7,500. So factor $7,500 in test costs against $360,000 in annualized ROI, and you can understand how significant this simple, this simple category shift was in terms of overall financial performance. Clearly, if your site is producing $10 million a month, look at what the difference would be in net revenue. So while I want to talk about anxiety, and in fact, I'm sure some of you are wondering right now, well, what does this have to do with anxiety relief? I think what, I think what you have to understand is when you're looking at the nature of this product, which is a product offering background searches, the official look relieved a certain kind of anxiety about the credibility of the data that was being provided. We achieved anxiety relief not by putting a testimonial at a strategic location, but by changing the entire voice of the site, the persona. And in changing the persona, we were able to relieve anxiety in a more holistic fashion. And in doing so, of course, we got a gain, the biggest gain achieved in a long time for that group. So what you must do then is ask yourself, how does this information apply to your own website? Is it true that you need to change the entire category of what you're doing in terms of testing? Perhaps what you've been doing in terms of designs is confined by the fact that you found success within a certain type of landing page and you need to actually completely completely test a, a completely different approach. I use completely twice because when I say completely on the first account, I'm talking about setting up and designing uh, the right series of variations. If you don't know what those are, We've patented an approach called variable cluster testing, and sometimes we say do not test a single variable as you've been taught in AB, but with AB test design, test a whole clusters in what we call a radical redesign, which is a way to test many things at one time and then drill down once you've achieved financial gain. It violates the instincts and really the, 
it violates what many of us have thought to be the way you design A-B split testing. But a lot of us are going to multivariable test because we don't know how to properly design A-B. A-B is simpler and it takes way less traffic in order to get a tangible result. Now, I'm not against multivariable and there's some good companies that provide that and, and we've designed multivariable test environments. But you can do a radical redesign with a cluster of variables in a new category and then once you've seen a significant improvement in ROI, then drill down and identify in a series of subtests what it was about that cluster that produced the highest gain. We teach you that in the course of the certification program. Uh, I, I want to stop. I'm going to shift in just a moment. I'm going to show you a formula. In fact, Allison, go ahead and take us to the next slide if you would. I want to talk about this, but while you're looking at that formula, uh, I'm going to suggest that if you have questions, there's two kinds of questions coming in. Technical questions are trying, you know, we're answering that with our support people as fast as they come in. But if you have a question about the content of the presentation, don't use the chat feature because I'm monitoring the Q&A section, the question and answer section. Send us a question there. And uh, we will look at that question and try to answer it as we as we go on. Uh, Aaron Putnam, you asked about what certification program. I'll have someone answer that. I'll have someone answer that question for you directly. There's some of those offered on our site. Some of them we don't even put on our site, but you can we'll, you can find out about it. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, I think I'll move to the content, but I'll watch for any critical questions. All right. Good. Let's move to the next, well, let's just stay there and look at the formula. Because now we want to drill down and answer a very specific set of questions. All right, you've seen a case study. You've heard about categories, but you're trying to improve conversion on your site. So you're quite interested right now in improving, you know, uh, in any way you can, your conversion ratio. And one of those ways is to reduce anxiety. Can I explain to you how important that is and why that fits with the formula that you're looking at right now? This is the MEC conversion index. Uh, M stands for the motivation of the user, V for really the clarity of the value proposition. I minus F is interesting. It's the incentive to continue the process minus the friction associated with the process minus the anxiety associated with the process. I teach this um, in my more uh, academic lectures, but I'd like to just point on, out the fact that we're really drilling down on A, anxiety right now. One of the most things you must do in order to improve conversion or the probability of a conversion is by reducing anxiety. We've weighted that as a factor of two compared to a factor of three. And so uh, I'll just show you a little bit about how that applies in practical application. I'm not going to get into the formula because it would be too much for today. But let's just go to the next page of the presentation and let's just talk about seven ways you can reduce customer anxiety. We're going to go through these seven ways, and then we're going to actually look at a page, and then we're going to try to reduce anxiety, improve conversion, and we're going to try to do it together. So just uh, bear with us as we move through some things you probably already know to get to some things you may not know. I want to give you all seven of these because for some of you on this phone call, all of these will be helpful in some form or fashion. This is not an explanation of that formula, but it is an application of that formula. First of all, use testimonials that specifically resolve customer anxiety or answer customer questions. I've talked this to you before, but may I stress something? You do not want to simply put a testimonial up on your page because it's a quality testimonial. 
you want to match the nature of the testimonial to the question on the mind of the consumer or the anxiety in the mind of the consumer at the exact place in the process that they are moving through your site. We're haphazard about this. We just we put we know we need testimonials. We just put them on the site. We have not thought through that proximity matters, geography matters. Get the exact location in the process matched to the exact nature of the credibility indicator you're using. So, if someone has been asked to use give you their credit card then you need to also provide a customer service testimonial there, not just a testimonial about the quality of the product, but a testimonial about how quick and fast customer service was, how responsive they were. That's important because what is he afraid of right then? He's, he's afraid or she's afraid that they might give you their credit card number and then some have some problem with you in terms of stopping the charges. So address it indirectly. It's better to address it indirectly than directly. I would much rather have somebody tell me how effective you are than have you tell me how effective you are. People do not buy from websites. People buy from people. This website has a personality. And if it's a person who brags and makes claims, I don't trust it. So let somebody else provide that. That's why I call it a third-party credibility indicator. This brings me to language and tone in your copy. Two. Now this is this is getting sophisticated. Use language familiar to your target audience. Pay attention to topic-specific terms and acronyms. Match the tone to the buying situation. Please avoid getting cute, and you better understand the language that your customer uses before you start talking to them. It's not their job to learn your language. It's your job to understand their language and communicate in such a way as to allow them understand you. I've just written a philosophy piece for the University of London on the theory of communication as it applies in, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, email me separately if you have a copy and I, I might send a copy. It's, it's an academic piece. But in it I talk about the fact that in any communication there's a burden, uh, a critical burden, and I would suggest the first burden is upon the part of the communicator. There is no communication if there's not a receiver and a communicator. And we often think what we sometimes call communication is just noise. Until it's been received, it's not communication. And you have something to do. First of all, you have to encode your communication in a language that the receiver can, can receive, which means talk to them in a way they understand. Unless you've done that, you haven't communicated. You've just made noise. Now, for those of you that are more sophisticated, perhaps have done a lot of testing and conversion, and you may be on this call now, and you may be wondering to yourself, you know, what... Does this have to do with me? I've already heard this. May I suggest to you that right now we're working with a group that has developed a way to actually pre-test the personality type of the person that you're talking to in this process and then simply reorganize your pages to present the data in a way or the message in a way that suits the temperament and nature of the person that's in the process. Think about that for uh, you know 21st century conversion techniques. Think how remarkable that could be in what or Web 3.0, what if landing pages reorganize themselves to suit the personality of the person as they move through the process? Now, if you think that's not possible, it is possible, and stay tuned for more research that we're working on. But let's move to three. Include credibility indicators such as uh, the Better Business Bureau, trustee, affiliations, testimonials. We call those third-party credibility indicators. They're based on a principle in my essay called Transparent Marketing, 
And in that essay, we say to you that if you're going to talk about yourself, quantify it. If you can't quantify it, if it has to be a qualitative statement about how fast you are and you can't tell me how fast you are because you don't have a real number, then let a third person tell me how fast you are because I don't trust you when you tell me that. Everybody says they're fast. Everybody says they're good. So think about that and use the credibility indicators, especially where there must be a qualitative judgment. All right, so let's move to some more here. Excellent. Okay. So include... Include site ratings such as resellerratings.com, bizrate.com, nexttag.com, etc., price grabber, and so on. And uh, put those in there. Some of you don't recognize that a Yahoo store rating of five star, you ought to take that five star rating, unless there's something about Yahoo I don't know, and if so, please forgive me. Get those five stars and use them on all your websites, not just your Yahoo store. If you're a retailer with multiple stores, then and one of those happens to be a Yahoo store, and you've got a five-star customer service rating, take that five-star customer service rating and put it on every other location. Let the customers know that. The same thing goes with BizRate or any other customer service rating that you've achieved. That reminds me, in case you haven't thought about this, in the on the Internet, customer service is a marketing expense. Think about that. You have it in a different category in your financial, and frankly, it doesn't matter where, where you represent it on your financial, but for many of your companies, if you'd understand something, in a place where people can execute a relationship with you with one single click, customer service is not just a cost center. It's actually a marketing expense, and it contributes to the overall brand in a way that it's never been true before in the history of the world because we're dealing in real time with people's opinion of you. And there are many systems in place on eBay and other areas where your customer service reflects the satisfaction level as it's reflected in an actual quantitative rating that's applied to your business. At that point, giving a refund is not really a loss. It's just a marketing cost because what it's doing is making sure you get that high rating, which will often increase your rankings in the, in the internal search engines of places like Yahoo depending, again, on the changes and so on that have happened and that are happening there. Um, let me just show – I want to do something so that I can see your questions just a little clearer. I'm, I'm going to pause for a moment. Allison, stretch that out so we can see those. Okay, number five, offer a guarantee on the product or purchase. We all know that. We all do that. But have you ever thought that it's very important to get the guarantee right near the concern and then – if you're doing any kind of testing, most of us aren't testing our guarantee language. You should test at least five versions of your guarantee language. The way you say it matters. It has a great deal to do with who completes that process. And as most of you know, 30 to 50, in some cases as high as 70% of all the business that you paid for is lost in the cart. If it costs you $22 to get a customer in the cart and you lose him in the cart, it's a travesty. Most of us are out there trying to get new customers when you should go back up and figure out how to get more of them who already we already got in the cart complete the purchase. So offer a guarantee and and really invest yourself in the wording of it and in the location and how you present it. Include essential anxiety reducing site features. Did you know we found in many tests that just putting a phone number near the place that you're requesting uh, their money increases conversion. Show them that it's easy to cancel. Now, I know that you have to bear in mind the difference between, you know, I'm talking about subscription offerings now. 
I mean, clearly, clearly there's all kinds of features to how you handle subscription. Many people want people to make the phone call to do the subscription cancelization so that they can upsell, cross-sell, save, etc. And I, I, not getting into those particulars because that's not the point of the lecture here, but may I point out for you that it's very, very important that you give them that reassurance and recognize that a simple phone number or stressing how easy it is to cancel, stop, back, out, etc. at that key point is one of the most important things you can do to get more people through the process. Use site color and themes that match your product. We are too haphazard about our colors. Colors matter. Anybody in the direct mail world will tell you colors matter and you need to test them. And it's not as important. I know you have brand considerations, but be very, very cautious about uh, your use of colors and pay attention to how that impacts what you're doing. For instance, very seldom do cute colors in a headline help it. They generally hurt it. And as most of you already know, reverse colors, that is, you know, white on black as opposed to black on white, typically hurt conversion dramatically. So test that. And while I'm on that subject, and while we're talking about reducing anxiety, uh, I have questions coming in here. Uh, why, while, I'm, while we're thinking about that, may I just point out something for you? You've got five elements, really, that you can use. Size, color, motion, shape, and position. Those five elements control the iPath. Get that iPath carefully contained and controlled. If I was you, I would print the page. I would say, what's my objective of the page? I would then say, what are the main elements on this page? I would then take a pen and I would write on the page. I know this is very low-tech, okay? But I would write on the page which thing has the highest impact now in a scale of zero to 100%. This has got my eyes first. It's a big graphic. That's 70% of my attention. This over here is 20%. This over here is 10%. Look at that and ask yourself, now what kind of iPath is that? And does that direction, does that sequence, does that impact map reflect the best way to accomplish my objective with this page? If not, then what you do now is rearrange these things long before you go to your designers. Take a flat white piece of paper or a piece of graph paper and use size, color, shape, motion, position and kind of design the page in such a way as to get the eyes to do what you think they're going to do long before you do any usability testing or even go to the designers. You might find this, I, I think it's funny here because I'm, I'm bank of monitors in a very high-tech office with you know maps covering whole walls and and yet, when I go to optimize a page, I, I'll tell you what I do. I print the page, and then I take an acetate. Some of you are not old enough to know about overhead projectors. I was in London with a professor from Oxford, and we were talking about a professor whose name was Overhead Fred, because in the old days, he could not speak without an overhead projector. Uh, those go back to the old days of cassette tapes, and even prior to that, for those of you that are really old, remember the eight tracks and all of those things. I take an old-fashioned acetate, that's an overhead, that's a clear acetate, and I paper clip it to the actual page that I'm optimizing. And then I take colored markers and mark it up. And then I'll take that acetate off and lay another one on and make the other versions. I do that before I get it to the designers. So think about that. But in the end, these are all ways that you can, you know, reduce anxiety. Now, we're going to look at case histories and we're going to work on a page. But first, let me look at some of the questions. Uh, you're asking, how do I print this? Bear in mind, anyone that's on this phone, if you, you're a subscriber to the journal, you're going to get all of this mailed to you in an issue. 
from our editors as they put to you the final version of this research in the next issue of the journal. You'll get it, and it'll be in your email. Just make sure your filters are set to let us through. I've heard people say, well, we never get the journal issues, and it's only because your, your filters aren't set right. Uh, we'll be sending this out for you shortly, and you'll be able to look at it and review it. Now, let me answer some more questions. How to subscribe to the journal? Go to the home page of the site, and there's a field on the left-hand side that can subscribe. It's free, by the way. Can I just say this about the site? I, I'm, I'm not, I have nothing here to sell you today. This isn't a, I'm not, this isn't, we're not leading up to selling you anything. I think most of you know that if you've been on these before. But there's $10 million worth of free research on that site. So get over there and get the information. If you haven't already done so, it will help you. Uh, let me keep going now. How does one quantify motivation? Uh, you have to test the individual channels. For instance, you'll find that people who come in a comparison search engine typically convert higher than someone who comes in off uh, Google or AdWords. And that's a smart question. We can quantify motivation by measuring the conversion rate for the independent channels against the same primary creative. That's, you know, the short answer to a fairly academic question. Um, do you know of a site that does a good job of showing testimonials? I do. I think we might see one coming up. Uh, if not, uh, I'll think about that in the next issue that's going to be released shortly. What SEO factors do you consider when redesigning the page? I'm just going to answer questions rapidly and then move into more content. What SEO factors do you consider when redesigning the page? I consider them all, okay? And I, that's, I know that sounds like a bad answer, but let me just get underneath the question. You know, sometimes we, we think too much about SEO when we design the page and we forget that the first goal of the page is to serve the visitor. Serve the visitor first, then go back and look at the SEO considerations. Don't do it backwards. Often I see it done with SEO being up as the most and most important priority, but it's not. In fact, the whole point of good SEO really, in terms of the engine's work, Google's interest is to get you to design a good page. But design the page well, and then there are a number of things that you're going to look at from the SEO standpoint, and I, if I get into those now, I'll take too long. But if you'd like that as a journal topic, if you'd like that in our research or a clinic, email us or tell us here. I do print the entire transcript from these uh, conference calls and read every line and then highlight them with a pen, if it's at all possible, the key things that I learned from you. In fact, we take all your feedback to prepare the final edition of the journal issue that you're going to receive. It's very helpful. All right, so someone said, what were the five elements again? Size, color, shape, motion, position. Um, someone asked, what does SEO stand for? Uh, and the answer is search engine optimization. And I think most of you are aware of that. But, you know, we have people on the phone that are new to this industry, and we're trying to help them while we still provide some fairly, fairly complex and advanced information. Um, all right, so let's keep going here. I think... I think I'm going to take you, some of the questions I'm seeing right now could be answered even, um, I think even as we look at some real examples. So let's do that. Come on. Let's move to new examples. If you're with me, we're going, to, we're going to move rapidly. Let's look at some examples of this being done. These are actual pages we pulled from the Internet, and we've got them here for you to look at so you can see an example of an extended warranty. Uh, now, this is put as an example of the extended warranty, but I am, what you're really looking at here is a clever upsell. But notice its proximity, and notice its proximity to the product rating. 
this is a fairly well-designed top portion for this page. Obviously, the, there's critical information that needs to be provided beyond this, but I just wanted to provide you with some examples. Let's go to another one. Credibility indicators. Look at this page up there. You see the hacker safe, and look on the right-hand side. Deal time, VeriSign, NextTag, CNET. Notice the stars. See how smart that is? Look at the shop with confidence. Look at that whole little, that right column. Now, unless you get too carried away about that right column, if you're not careful, those logos could become victims of something we call banner blindness. They're small enough, and they've been made uniform so that they fit there without having too much dominance in the iPath or making it look like a bunch of ads on the page. If those had been put on the page the way many, in fact, most of the time I see them used, they look like banner ads, and people tune them out. They're blind to them. Instead, by using a consistent rectangular shape and by dropping them all together neatly close to that, what they've done is they've, they've added credibility without achieving that banner blindness itself. Now, there's something to be said. There's something to be said for that design, but be careful about too much lateral work in your design. Vertical copy converts higher than lateral copy. The only time I use the lateral line is when I'm drawing as you see here, attention to something that I want to put in proximity right close to the Buy Now button. Now, I can't click on this page right now, but let's just pretend that we did. If I were to click on the Buy Now button and move to the next page and see the beginning of the order process and recognize that none of those things in this right-hand side, Deal Time, VeriSign, if they're not there, then this company had a good start but failed because where they're going to be needed most is not on that Buy button. It's actually on the page that follows. If they're on those subsequent pages in key locations near the decision points where there's anxiety, then you have a very smart credibility indicator sequence for this process. Think about that as you think about your own. Let's keep going. Another example. Here you see credibility indicators, certification seals, awards, and honors from recognized organizations, people, etc. But, again, they're on the product page. You understand something. What is the goal of this page? What is the goal of the page? What is the goal of the page? We fail because we don't ask the question. The only objective here is to get them to click on the buy button. If we can get them to click on that button, then we're there. And frankly, it's generally not the it's generally not the, you know, hacker safe things and so on that will get that at this point. It's when they get to the next pages they're going to need it most of all. Now maybe this site has them everywhere, but I think they're far away right now from where they need too far in terms of proximity from the anxiety point. I think you've got banner blindness in those top ones. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, they've got a good start here, but they really haven't taken this as far as they should. And one of the things they need to do is get the proximity right. And the other thing they need to do is make sure they're matching it to the right place according to the trail, the path in the mind of the consumer. I'd like to stop there for a moment before I go on to another example and point out for you that this battle is being fought in the mind of the consumer. It's not being fought on your website. I mean, what is brand if nothing more than a certain condition you create in the mind of someone? That's why it's so difficult to, to unseat a top brand if they're consistent. Brand is a battle for a piece of real estate in the mind of your consumer. And if that's true regarding brand, it's also true regarding the sell path. The sell path, as we so often think about and talk about, is not really the stuff, and I'm using that word deliberately, it's not the stuff on your website. It's the process in the mind of the person 
who's looking at your website. And if you can't grasp what's happening in their mind, you're not prepared to design a process that will make a major difference. We just did a series of experiments with Encyclopedia Britannica. I can't get into any details except to say the first test yielded 138% gain. I think it was adjusted down to like 115% when you looked at merchant accounts. The next test yielded 175% gain in conversion. Where does that come from? How can you get such high numbers? Those numbers come from understanding what's happening in the mind of the consumer, the mind of the customer. That's why you need to test because sometimes it's pretty hard to guess. But if you want to move from getting data and actually gaining some kind of internal mastery, you've got to understand what they are thinking as they move through the process. Let me move on. New creative. Let's go. Here's credibility indicators, certification seals, awards and rankings. Those are right there in a fairly key location. And depending on what's going on on the rest of this page, they're a pretty good example. It's a good example of four valuable seals. I'll just tell you something. I'm not very impressed with the Better Business Bureau. Please, if you're on the line and you work with the Better Business Bureau, don't send me hate mail. I'm not sure what they really do for you offline, but what they do for you online, they help you convert prospects into customers. Because guess what? They own a piece of real estate in the mind of those consumers. And that piece of real estate is valuable on the Internet, especially when you're dealing with real-time sales. All right, I want to keep going. Next one. We conducted research with an online service provider. I'm getting to case history. I'm getting something interesting. I'm, <laughs> I'm coming to my favorite part. So we conducted research with an online service provider for investors, including stock trading, investment tools, and industry news. Our objective was to increase conversion for their online newsletter subscription offer. What you're seeing right there is the original page. Now, I've got a whole group of marketing experts, and I'm going to invite you right now to uh, flood me with Q&A notes. All right, here's what I'd like you to do. I'm actually going to stop. I'm going to take probably three minutes, and I want you to tell me the, the, the top three things you would change about this page right now. The top three things you would change. You can see that its original conversion was at 1.33%. They wanted to improve conversion. What would you do, marketer, if this was your assignment? And I might even be able, Allison, see if you can zoom that larger. Perhaps you can go up here. I don't know if you can get any larger. Maybe as much as they can do right now. Go to full screen. All right, that'll help you a bit. We're going to stay in that mode while you try to look at this. Look at this page, and uh, I'm, I'm reading people. They're talking. Too much copy. No clear focus area. Interesting. Narrow right column. I would put that into one column. More organization. Two columns feels like a lot of information. It's interesting, guys. I've watched marketing change. I don't want to say that MEC Labs has had the big impact. Uh, that would be it's probably just wrong, but you're maturing. I've noticed that at the, late, at the later conferences and so on, people are starting to learn things and speak on a level that I didn't a year ago, even two years ago, the ignorance was uh, shocking to me. But now marketers are catching on. This game is changing constantly. Make the free trial more prominent. No call to action. No benefits communicated. Call, I'm just reading all these notes coming in. Call to action 
is almost invisible in the corner. Move the click here to start above the fold. Free trial is too small. Call to action should be more definitive. Focus on you, not the company. Raise the sign in higher to upper left. <laughs> Someone says, I learned the one column from you. Thank you, Jan. Nothing in the top right-hand position. User testimonial. Interesting. All right, there's a lot more coming in. I'm just going to show you the page that we prepared. All right, so let's just do this. Let's look at the next page. Boom. Now, that's not the whole page, is it? No, it's not the whole page. Uh, we're going to show you the whole page as we work through it, okay? I want you to notice, first of all, though, that you're looking at a tiny... Actually, the page is going to be significantly longer. We're going to be working through it together in just a few moments. But I want you to see the page that we prepared, and then we're going to walk through why we did this. We applied the conversion index. We applied the formula that we're talking about. We're only using the right-hand column, you'll note, for testimonials. And let's just walk through it. Allison, I think you'll need to uh, hit your escape button now. And uh, it'll be... All right, now go forward one slide. Good. All right, go to the next slide, please. Oh, I see it. If you're noticing some blurring on these pages, we've had to do some of that deliberately for to protect information from the partner. I assume that at least anyway. This initial offer page is strong. We're looking at the old one, but has very few elements to reduce customer anxiety. The best element they've used to reduce anxiety are the free trial and the satisfaction guarantee. So let's look at the new page. We tell them about the expected results immediately. We put the third-party credibility indicator from Forbes up there very clear right away. We only use the right-hand column to strengthen credibility. We don't try to communicate other information because, listen, the path in the mind of this person should be a linear path. You should lead them straight through to the buy decision. Don't move them back and forth laterally in their mind or on the page. The only point of that right column is to strengthen what's in the left column not to communicate additional information that's needed to make the decision to buy. Keep going. Now, the site copy conveys honesty and transparency, a whole change in the tone. That's very important. We remind them again of the free trial offer. We add value to the offer by giving them a free report. The point, of, the point associated with all of this is to actually changed the entire category of page back to the original case history. Now we're in a long copy, long letter cell, which you typically don't see associated with a major corporate site. Let's keep going. Personal signature from the founder. You know that you're dealing with real people. One of the things I've tested on these pages, I want to say it again, people don't buy from websites. People buy from people. Talk to them. Give your site tone. You say, well, we're a big corporate site. It doesn't matter. A corporation is Latin from corpus, right? And corpus is a body, and it's a body of people. Speak to them. And when you speak to them, let them capture in their mind's eye some image of who you are. And it helps to have a signature. The personal signature from the founder lets you know that you're dealing with real people. The risk-free offer. Look at that classic button. That button we have tested over again. We will allow you to use that button if you'd like on your own website. Uh, send us uh, $10 million. Just wire it to our bank account and you're welcome to use the risk-free <laughs> button on your site. 
As simple as that is, I know there are artists on the phone right now that that would uh, could uh, could rip it to shreds. But I'll guarantee you, both the outer edge, the color, the three dimension, the use of the bowl headline on the front end, the feel of the seal, and every aspect of that is part of the elements that make it a high performing, high converting, very important, very important element. Not only that, but notice where it's located. See how close it is? Risk free, right at the point where I'm asking for information. It's called proximity. There are two keys you want to remember. One of those is proximity, it's just stressed, and the other is specificity. Specificity converts. The more specific your offer is to the person you're talking to, the more likely you're going to convert them. Satisfaction guarantee placed in close proximity to the call. Underneath the Start My Free Trial Now, why is it underneath? Why isn't it before the Start My Free Trial Now? Because if they're ready to click that big blue button, I'm not going to get in their way. But in case they're hesitating, I'm going to support it by putting right underneath it the details of a satisfaction guarantee. We also use the lock image differently than what you normally see it. It stresses something that we want them to know, and that's the security side of the transaction. But we don't use it too close to the things down there in the bottom because people can't process too many things at once. It's just there. Now, because it's in the upper right-hand side, this is very important. Is it in the iPath? No. So what do we do? What are the five elements? Size, color, motion, shape, position. Look what we do. We use those five elements. We turn that into a graphic. Look at the page. It's the only four-color graphic on the page. Why? Because we need to just pop it slightly so it captures. You see it in your iPad. You see it, then go back down to the page. What is the number one, what is the number, on this part of the page, what is the number one item in terms of weight? It will be the form and the risk-free. If you were to print it, or if you take it in our usability lab and test it, you're going to see their eyes go straight to the risk-free orange, and then swoop, sweep left to the start my free trial. Then back up, start down, see the lock, and then down to close. Now, you say, you want them to move linear. They did linear. We're at the bottom now. Now I want them to buy. So I take them straight there. All right, so we've added value to the offer by giving them a, well, let me just take you to a new page. I'll show you more. Go ahead, Allison. Whoa, back up. Back up. I think there's something I want to show you. Back, Go up two slides back, Allison. I'm not talking from notes in case you haven't figured that out. I'm just reading the PowerPoints as you are and trying to help you. But if I look back on the slide I'm showing you right now, we've also added a free report. Now, I want to point out for you something here. This entire design, I believe we could get a significant lift again, even after we've achieved the first lift. And one of the things I do here at this free report is this is where I use a small graphic that, that, that indicated a free report at this key area so I could punch it up. It's not in the first design, but I think I would do it if I were uh, doing the next version of this page, which is something you must consider because, candidly, conversion never, it's conversion, improving conversion is in a process, not an event. If you think of it as an event, you think you're done. If you think you're done, you'll be losing money within 90 days. You must continue to test, to test, and to test. Someone asked, well, I'll look, I'm going to take more questions in just a few minutes, guys. We're, we're going to go to the – Allison, take me to the slide that's next. Let's look at the results. How did it perform? I mean, that's the bottom line. 
Here's the old page. Here's the new page. Here's the difference. I want to tell you, the old page is prettier than the new page. But the new page makes 70% more money than the old page. Go to the next slide. Look how much longer our page is. Now, it's, it's longer, but it's more compelling. Can we improve it? Yes. I'll guarantee you I could send this back to our team, and they'd pop conversion again significantly. Because what we had to do with this first was roll out a variable cluster, a whole group of changes at one time in order to get into the right ballpark, into the right category. Now we've discovered the category. Now we drill down and improve the, the individual components, testing, testing, testing. I would – let me ask you to do something. Before I ask, answer questions here in a moment, tell me how you'd improve the page we've already got up here now. If you've got ideas on that, shoot them to me, and I'm going to take some other questions while you're writing into me what you'd do to improve the page that we just designed. How would you improve it if you came to work here? If I like your answers, I'll send you an application. <laughs> I tease you, but let's look at these questions. Does asking for a credit card for a free trial affect conversion? Yes, it will affect conversion. It's a friction element. It will reduce conversion. But, you know, not asking for it affects what we call profit. And in the end, it's just a compromise, and you're looking for the highest possible conversion, and that means you're going to have friction elements, but you want to minimize them. Not one more field than you should ask, have. Not one more credit card field than you should have. Reduce the friction elements. Someone said putting a picture of a lock isn't as effective as the new EVV SASL certs. That's true. It's a good idea. You can use those. Have you tested less copy? Well, we certainly have in many of our tests. In fact, you can look at our at our less you can look at our test on less copy versus more copy. But some of you are in fact I see somebody else with less copy written in in all caps. I think that less copy is a categorical page, but you've got to look at what the product is being sold and you've got to look at the audience to who you're selling it to. This is targeted to a group of investors, and I'll venture to say that less copy will not perform as well as the long copy, and in this case, long copy outperformed less copy by 70%. Would I test a short copy page? You bet I would. In fact, I'd have one team member incentivized to write the world's best short copy page, and I'd pay him a bonus if his research produced a higher yield than the other team member. But candidly, I don't think it's going to be possible to sell this product as well with less copy. These are investors. They're data-driven. They're analysts. They have information. Talk to them. In general, there's kind of a rule of thumb. You know, the amount of copy it takes is directly relevant to the scope of the decision. The scope of the decision is a factor of how many steps they have to think through, how much risk is involved. That includes the price. How new the concept is. Do they have to be educated also? All of those are factors that influence the length of the copy. But when in doubt, start with long copy and then cut. It's much harder to start with less copy and then add. All right. I see some good ideas. A mini picture of the report. A sample of the report is a brilliant idea, and we are doing that, and I think that's good. Use tabs for the info that's not highly important. That's not a bad idea either. 
The size of the sample is too small to make any conclusions. Uh, I don't uh, actually we ran that using our variable cluster formula and we got a confidence interval that was uh, satisfactory. If you want to know how we do that, you need probably take one of our you know courses on that area, but uh, we do have we do have enough to achieve reasonable confidence at this point. Someone here says, especially for financially oriented sales, long copy is a must. I would test moving the sign-in button to the top. What about getting rid of the nav? Getting rid of the nav is not a bad idea either. And many of these offer pages, uh, I'll have one nav link back to the home page or something, if necessary, or nothing. Some good ideas coming in here. Someone's asking, what is a variable cluster? It's a term that we we developed as we invented, more or less, an approach for testing on the Internet. See, all testing up to the Internet was done in a completely different environment. One good A-B split test in direct mail could cost $500,000, and it could take three months to launch. I can do an A-B split test sometimes in less than a day, and $500. That changes everything in terms of experimental design. All right. Yeah, a lot of people writing in saying, I turn on long copy to work better. I'm going to draw this to a close. There's so many comments coming in from so many of you, and I'm grateful for everyone's participation and involvement. Could you help me now? Could you take these last few minutes, and could you let me know if you found this useful? It's, uh, it, it, you know, these experiments are costly. These clinics we don't charge for, and the journal issues we don't charge for. We really need you to keep telling us if this helps because it gives us, you know, the kind of feedback we need to know that we should continue. So uh, as your comments come in, I, I will read. I'll try to read every single one of them, and, and, uh, and I'm grateful. In the meantime, we have a whole host of new experiments we're designing for 2007. We think it's going to be the most aggressive year in terms of research that we've ever had. Uh, if you'll stay posted, we will keep you uh, engaged in in the new research as it's available. We'll be running about two of these clinics each month, plus the editions of the journal that come out. Uh, and then there's a lot of information that we include in the certification programs we're doing on pay-per-click. Some of you have been, we, we've got the pay-per-click and we've got the online testing. We're also doing a certification program in multivariable testing and another in, and another in email marketing and so on. But we we roll them out only when we've done enough testing to have a significant data archive so that when we teach the certification, we're doing it with actual experiments as opposed to advice. Uh, all things being equal, we're learning every day, and you're part of that. I invite you to join this community and to help us to continue to learn, and I thank you for your trust. I'm going to leave you now, and uh, but we'll leave this open so you can continue to write your comments. Watch for an email, and we'll let you know of the next clinic. Thank you.